I drink to remember, I drink to forget The shame and the sadness and all my regrets All these excuses inside of my head are so definite And now it's the monster beside of my bed that's life-threatening There must be something stronger Take me so much deeper, my trigger warning. There's my trigger your will for me live survive in your arms and finally heal things that I've done are no longer concealed they're unthinkable can you ignore all the scars I've revealed unbelievable it must be something stronger to take so much deeper than my trigger warning There's my trigger warning I think I'm getting closer To finally living sober My trigger warning There's my trigger Put you on a list to repair Pulled apart all the words That I need to share About eyes that see much farther My soul is so much stronger My breath is so much deeper my life is so much larger These eyes that see much farther My soul is so much stronger My breath is so much deeper My life is so much larger than my trigger warning My trigger warning My trigger Welcome to Jesus and Dragonflies. In this episode, we listen to Rhino and Ben, both ex-cons, both Christian men. Two men that have turned their lives around.
stand up. Yeah. Is anyone anyone else cold? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Holy Spirit will keep you warm, mate. Come over here. No. Yeah. You want to t- turn it down a bit? <laughs> bring it in, right? Eh? Bring it in. Holy Spirit will keep us warm tonight. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is pretty cool now. Yeah, it's nice. It's like my place at home. The remote from heaven. <laughs> Kevin. Yeah. Kevin. Kevin. <laughs> hey, Kevin, you've, you've gone full blown right. hipster. That boy. I like it. Jealous. <laughs> no, I like it. At least I've got hair. It's more than you. <laughs> yeah, you've got Take your hat off. <laughs> Okay, because there's a big hole in me here, you see. Where your hair should be. It's only thanks to God. And, um, yeah, where do we go? Where do we go? Um, thank you, Lord. Thank you. My uncle was a, he was in the underground churches in Vietnam for over 20 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. A prison ministry brother. Thanks. I got saved in 88 in Grafton Jail. And, um, you know, I didn't stay out of jail being a Christian. Mm-hmm. I paid me dues and fees for stuff that caught up on me from years ago, you know. So I thank God, you know, and, um, and the pain and the suffering that we go through is all part of the deal. The biggest part of the deal because you know, give me anything too easy, and um, and I don't appreciate it. So I had to die with Christ on the cross, and I had to, you know, and, and I had to suffer with Christ on the cross, mm. and also had to get resurrected with Christ on the cross. You know, and, um, and I thank God for that. You know, this ain't about religion. It ain't about a brand name. It isn't about anything about that. It's just about having a relationship with Jesus and um, and it's been so precious and special to me you know and um, yeah I'm a single man too and um, and we'll stay a single man and stay married to Jesus until he brings somebody along hallelujah mm. because every mistake and every choice that I've made in life mm. <laughs> Hasn't been real good, <laughs> you know. Haven't ended up down a dead end street. I've always ended up over a cliff, <laughs> crashed at the bottom, you know. And um, yeah, and, you know. And uh, just the last week has been, um, it's been good and it's been tough. And I like it when it gets tough because then I'm reminded to put the armour of God on every morning. You know, and right Satan on the bottom of my feet, so when I'm standing on the ground, I'm standing on him all the time, you know, and um, 
and then putting the armour of God on, you know, I find that the take goes a lot better if I do that and be obedient. And, um, yeah, in those, um, those scriptures, they, uh, 1 Peter chapter chapter 4 and that about, you know, how we used to be and how we, where we need to be today, and, um, and that takes time. It's taken me a long time, you know, and, um, and the enemy's always trying to take me back. Mm. Always trying to take me back. Always trying to remember how much of a mongrel I was, you know. Mm. And, um, and it's called Get Lost. And, um, and I try to keep it simple. And, um, and you know, I've, uh, I got diagnosed with prostate cancer two years ago. And, um, and I got that taken out thinking that everything was done and dusted. Get rid of it. It was inside my prostate. Get rid of it. Throw it in a bin. And um, you know, when I found out a month ago that it's it's um it's back. It's going somewhere. Sure. And you know, sure. what a blessing. <laughs> you know, because I'm going home. <laughs> I'm going home. Amen. You know, and it was all good. Until he told me you got 12 months, mate, then all of a sudden I want to live again because I ain't finished what I'm doing. But it's in his time. So, you know, we always wanted to go home before a man said, You've got so long to live. And they're not right. Yeah. I haven't known any of them that's given anybody a time to live that they've actually died at that time. So, mm. so you know, it's, it's, um, it's the pain <coughs> and the suffering and it's. It's knowing that Jesus is with me through it. Yeah. He doesn't come and take it away and go, here's an ice cream, you know. Yeah. He stands his ground with me, over me, beside me, and through me and in me. Absolutely. And, yeah. and shows me how to go through this. That's it. You know, and if I had my way, yeah. Yeah, but you know, I don't get those thoughts anymore, thank God, you know. And, um, so not only that, you know, um, and it's all sorted. I'll go on to see these doctors, get a PET scan, find out where it is, mm. radiation, whatever you want to do, or there's other methods too that I'm looking at, you know, and other things. But you know, and, and the other, the other exciting news I got, you know, last week from my daughter who I took out, I catch up with my daughter and my granddaughter, you know, and we go and have lunch and and. Um, and um, she just told me that my grandson, Docs has taken my grandson off my youngest twin, who's been rearing my grandson ever since he was three months old, you know, because the mother took off with one of his mates. And he turned around and said, it's either me or the kid, so my son got left with a three-month-old wife's grandson, you know, and he's full of addiction. And his mother at 61 years of age has just picked up ice. Mm. And she's a full-blown chronic alcoholic drug addict, you know. And um, so it knocks us around, you know, when we hear that stuff about the people that we love. You know? mm. But we don't want to, uh, you know, the, all we want to do is help and love on them. And, um, as much as you know the old ways they're always to deal with stuff and you know the, and um, it just doesn't happen anymore mm. it becomes a thought sometimes and then it's called that that's not gonna work mate 
did it ever work before? 11 and a half years in prison. It ain't gonna work now. So thank the Lord, you know, that um, things are happening. And you know, and, and through all this, you know, the next day, you know, I got a text off this fella here. Yeah. I haven't seen this fella here for over five years. The last time we met up with each other was on the side of the road at Wildhorse Horse Mountain on the bikes. I said, Mel, where are you living? He said, Namble. He said, where are you living? I said, Namble. <laughs> oh, I said, where are you? He said, just down the bottom of the hill from Kentucky Fried. I said, oh, I'm just around the corner. <laughs> two minutes away. And I've been driving past your place and riding past your place for the last five months and he's been doing the same. <laughs> so I said, we better meet up, you know. So where did that come from? <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. God. So, you know, it's, you know, it's, 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 um, we just got to keep doing the right thing and, um, and, um, and looking at ourselves in the mirror and getting fair to them. Mm. You know? Mm. And trying to not load too much on our shoulders and, um, and spending a lot of time in prayer and meditation and, um, and reading the word and, mm. Fellas, I've been around 14 and a half years on the road, homeless on the road, evangelising, and um, I've been to a lot of churches. And a group like this, you don't, you don't find. You don't find, and I've been hungry for it, you know. And um, I went to a prayer meeting last night in, in Nambour, there another mate invited me, you know, and um, this old fella, taxi driver, <laughs> mate, he was in his 80s. Boy, and the roof was shut on this church. Hey. He was he was screaming this prayer out that I've never heard before. The Holy Spirit fell on us and things happened. Mm. And I go, wow. We're just so blessed. Yeah. We're just so blessed. And um, I never thought along my wildest dreams be sitting here today doing this because the lifestyle that I lived I didn't think I was going to make 30 and I'm 60 and it's only because I keep looking up and keep getting hungry and meeting fellas like you fellas that have got a heart for God and want to get fed income mm. you know that's what keeps me going yeah mm. Because when I leave here, when I drop this fella off, I go back to my place. You haven't got far to go. And I still <laughs> live in a room, as in a cellmate, you know. Because that prison life's hard to get out of it sometimes, you know. And um, it's not that I isolate and feel sorry for myself, it's that I'm comfortable in my own cell today. I don't need nobody else in there because I know there's me and Jesus. Hey, Amen. You know? yeah, yeah. All, all them, all them. They all did Nick. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So just thanks for being here, fellas, and um, I wish you all the best and, and pray for you all that God gives you your heart's desire. through the jail with this torn and tattered but it was brand new my brother sent it to me and I, I, I had
hadn't read it. I didn't open it. It was one afternoon, me, I was sitting in my cell and I started to read John 17. Like it was Jesus' last prayer before he went and was arrested in that, you know? And he mentioned everyone here in it. Because he said, like, I asked not just for my disciples, but those that's going to put faith in my name. And when I read it, I just, that's when he come in the cell. And it was like he had hold of me. But the TV went on. Just come on. It was, um, often it went on. And the news was on. And um, there was that young boy from Kabulcha called... Um, Three years old. Got, no, no, he died. They punched him in the gut. Oh yeah, the parents. Yeah, the parents. Mason Lee. Mason. Yeah. Little Mason Lee, and it come on the TV. Just come on, and there he was, Mason Lee, and, and the Lord said, "You did, you did that, right?" He said, "You did that," but I'd been in jail four months. I obviously didn't, but I'd sold drugs. I'd sold drugs around. You know, I mightn't have been the, I didn't have much, but I was selling, I was involved in that. You know what I mean? And, and not caring, not having any compassion. And when he said that, oh, it changed me, you know? And I, I did all that there in prison. I was blessed with that ministry. When I came out, I think I came out with a bit of, um, a bit of pride. I, 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 I had done this in jail. I was doing that in jail. When it wasn't me, was the Holy Spirit and Jesus working through me and I fell over and I lapsed I had some family problems and I, I prayed a thousand million prayers when I was in jail please Lord don't let me fall over because I didn't want to bring his name into shame a lot of men in there listened and changed and, and like you know even one of the counselors said many of you make sure you don't come back to a lot of these men or not you know and yeah I, I nearly took my life over it I had a suicide attempt because like I thought, you know, uh, I've just shamed him. And like, I couldn't live with it, you know, but he, he, he saved me, he didn't let me kill myself, he stopped. Like, the story is that um, I, I, I bought some stuff that I was gonna kill myself with, it was heroin. And I actually put it in there, I pulled the plunger back, I went to stick it in, but it wouldn't go in. Twice I pressed it. And then I heard the Holy Spirit go, take it out, and I took it out, then I went squirted out. Out. And I, there was a collapse, man. I'll never forget it. It was up here at Noosa. But um, it's just been a gradual process. Um, where I am now, I'll just share the scriptures I wanted to share. is in um, John, John uh, 13, when I was looking for that, that thing when I found about Jesus. Like, to me, he was, the world I lived in and that, he was like the original, people say the original true gangster. He had a crew. <clears throat> Mm. He had 12 lads. That's a, that's a, that's a mafia. <laughs> that's a gang. But his mafia wasn't about hurting people. It was about just helping people and healing people. And he was, the, he was the toughest, the strongest, the most kindest, the most lovingest, the most gentlest, understanding, like, that I ever saw when I read the Gospels. And, and one thing that struck me was John 13. He, now, because he knew before the festival of the Passover that his hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Jesus having loved his own who were in the world, loved them to the end. You know, like, I'm looking for that. Love them to the end. Mm. 
kids, you know what I mean? Not halfway, left them posted on the side of the road or something like, loved them to the end. And, and like, when I move over to 15 there, in 15 verse 9, where is Yeah, John. He goes to 15 verse 9, he says, Just as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. You know, remain my... When, when I read that, oh, I was like... It just made me more lower, like, the love of the Father and the Son. Oh, you know what I mean? Who knows how much time they spent together, eons and billions of times and not. Their love, and, and that love he has for us, like, it just blew me away. And then, again, he's, his love, no one has greater love than this. In 13, then one should give his life for his friends. And then he calls his friends in... in um, 14. Yeah. 14. Then you go down to 16, and this is a bit that really, you know, you did not choose me, but I chose you. You know, like, yeah. And he said, like, go, you know, bear fruit, bear fruitage, and like, yeah, it was beautiful, you know, and like, yeah, so, you, you know, can I keep talking? I've gone too long, haven't I? No, I've gone past five minutes. No, I can't. Keep going. Yeah. Keep going. And like, we'll love it. there was these people like, like these men in jail, they, they, they've been in that scene and against the life. Even out here, we've been through tough times. And like, when I read chapter 18 of John, after that prayer, like, because I've been in trouble with the law and, you know, it says, when I read 13 before, he knew everything that was going to happen beforehand. Like, I thought about that and I went, well, even in other books there, he said he, he, he was that anxious, he got down and, and, you know, even asked for it to pass, but said, not your will, but my will. Because Jesus always does what the Father says, and that's why he loves him so much, and he has given him everything. And then when I read 18, it says, after he said these things, Jesus went out for his disciples across the Kidron Valley, where there was a garden, and he and his disciples went into it. Now, Judas... He's betrayer, and we've all been betrayed in our life by one person or another, so he knows what that's like. Now Judas, his betrayer, also knew the place because Jesus had went, hang on, I can't see. Yeah. But Jesus knew the place, knew the place. They had met there often, there with his disciples. So Judas brought a detachment of soldiers and officers of the chief priests and of the Pharisees and came there with torches, lamps and weapons. Like that Mount of Olives is about a kilometre out of Jerusalem. They're there. And I, a, a picture, them in the Mount of Olives and that the torches, the clubs, making a noise. It's like a serpent coming towards him because that was Satan's hour. And um, the Lord knew all that. Would have probably seen him coming too. You know, the verse 4 goes, Then Jesus, knowing all the things that were about going to happen to him, stepped forward and said to them, Whom are you looking for? Like, if I seen the police coming for me, I was out the window, you know what I mean? Or I was gone. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Like, what he did there, he, he, he steps out and goes, who, who are you looking for? Like, you know, you've got nothing to hide. And, and, so he stepped forward and said to them, whom are you looking for? They answered, Jesus the Nazarene. He didn't go, yeah. I seen him, he went that way with a couple of people before, you know. He just, he, he just give himself up. 
You know, when I read on further, like, he, he said, um, now Judas' betrayal was also standing with However, when Jesus said to them, I am he, they drew back and fell to the ground. Like, my imaginations, when he says I am he, like, as in the Old Testament, it must have been a sonic boom, like a, like a jet, going through the... He must have went like, I am he, and it just, bah, bah, and blew him <laughs> onto the ground. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's right. Yeah, and, and, and then he said, then he said to them, again, so he must have blew him on the ground. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Like, walked over and said, who are you looking for? Yeah, and he said, they said, and he said, I am he. And then what, what got me and what got these men in jail, because they're looking for something to hang on to, something that's real and true, and, and they can relate to, like that there is, you know, you get told on or your mates bail on you when you get in trouble. They leave you with the charges and they're not even yours or, you know what I mean? And, and Jesus, like he said, Jesus answered, I told you that I am he. So if you are looking for me, let these men go. And that's what he's done for. Like that there, that clicks with me. He, he done things so his mates got away, like his crew got away, you know what I mean? And like... That man he was when he was on earth and, and the kindness he displayed to, to sick people and all that, like, yeah, I just want to be like him. I want to feel like him. I want to see like him. I want, you know, because I want his spirit in me at all times, you know, and like understanding that the heavens is his house and that, like, Nothing containing, but yet that power can live in a mere mortal body. This life, yes, it just blows me away. Anyway, I thank you for hearing me out. Good on you, man. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Jesus and Dragonflies. This episode was brought to you by Anchor, the easiest way to make a podcast. Over and out.